The following shiur is delivered by Rabbi Mordechai Lebhar, Rosh Kolel at Link of Los Angeles. For more information or shiurim, please visit vshc.org or call 1-844-200-TSHC. That's 1-844-200-8742. Parashat Vayishlach has an episode where Yaakov Avinu is injured by his gid by his sciatic nerve. And uh, one of the few mitzvot we have in the whole Sefer Bereshit is this one, not partaking in the sciatic nerve. Now because of this um, prohibition of gid there are many people that refrain from having the hindquarters of the animal because uh, they are unsure how to properly do nikur, or even if they are sure, it's a tricky process, and they'd rather avoid it. Therefore, they are machmir, and they do not partake in the hindquarter. This leads us into a much bigger question that is relevant not only to kashrut, but to all, all um, uh, scenarios that come up in life, and it's a very dynamic question, when is somebody um, able to be machmir? When is say, somebody allowed to be machmir, to be stringent? When should somebody be stringent? And when somebody should not be stringent? And this is a, an area that is very, uh, we'll call it gray. Uh, it's an area that really depends on common sense of an individual. It depends on the sugya, that particular question. And it depends on derech uh, eretz as well. Um, we're not going to cover fully this topic, but I'd like to give a few important mar'imikumot, a few important indications that help clarify this subject. And we'll start off with the following. There's a... Um, there's the, the, the Rishonim, don't talk extensively about this subject, but there are a few uh, hints in the Rishonim in this regard. The first is the Maharam, the great Rebbe of the Rosh and the Mordechi. And he writes the following, that at the beginning, this is written in the Mordechai, Mordechi in Masechet Cholin, Siman Tafresh Bezayin, in the name of his Rebbe, the Chuvot Marami Rotenberg, that he used to say that anybody who has meat after milk is obviously allowed, but anybody who refrains from it has a minut. That is like pure um, heresy because it's totally allowed. And somebody who is machmir, he's just adding on things that he shouldn't be adding on. Until he says, one time I was eating and I found that I had some um, cheese stuck between my teeth and I ate meat afterwards. And because of that, I was gozer hachmir on myself not to eat meat after cheese at all. That is what the, uh, the Mordechai brings in the name of the Chuvot Ma'aram Mirotenberg. And we see clearly that he was machmir on something uh, that, that he felt he is allowed to. And he writes, he addresses, even though I just said it might be heresy, it's not called Cholek al-Talmud, because there are cases where you see that there were those who were machmir on themselves. So uh, another another source to this is the Isur Veheter, 
Ha'aruch, which is also a Rishon, uh, almost a Rishon in Sosiman Nun Zayin, that talks about eating from an animal that might that, that is sick and it, he might have been considered dead by the time you, you were Shochet. And he adds on another very, very um, uh, surprising example. He says, even in a case where uh, something fell into shishim, for example, if you have a drop of milk that fell into meat, and it became totally nullified. And according to the Gemara, it's totally allowed. Nevertheless, the Yisur Vehetel writes, somebody who wants to be machmir in that regard has the right to be stringent. And this is something that is, is, is wondrous. Why would somebody allow to be machmir on something? Why is that not considered heresy? But we see from the Isur Vehetel that indeed he considered it that from the fact that he, that, that a person uh, wants to be uh, machmir on something that has to do with kashrut, he's in his total rights. Now the Ramah writes in Yoredea Siman Peitet that there are those who are machmir with uh, meat after cheese, and this is uh, obviously quoting uh, according to the Mordechai. And the Shach brings from the Yam Shal Shlomo that it is considered uh, as if it is heresy and what is not allowed. Now, this is a very extreme machloket. The Yamshel Shlomo, which is the Maharshal, uh, proves this point by saying, you see that the Mordechai considered it in his first thought to be considered like heresy. And the reason why he backed down and he said that it's, that he is Bachmir is because it's something that happened to him. But it's something that is not, there's no reason for a person personally if nothing happened to him. The status quo should be it's considered heresy to be machmir on something that's not written in the Gemara to be machmir in. And he is, he is fire against this. He says in the Gemara they have the right to be machmir. But once the, 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 um, once the time for the Gemara has already uh, closed and uh, we are post Gemara, we have no right to be machmir. And if we are machmir on something, it will be considered heresy. And that seems to be a very fundamental machloket between the Maharshal and uh, and the Darkei Moshe, and uh, it would it would uh, it, it's uh, it's something that's surprising. Now, not only that, the Rama, who is more machmir, writes in his in his um, Teshuvot Simanun Dalid another point. The, he writes he's talking about a case where uh, somebody doesn't want to have oil because he's worried that they might have smeared it with some fat. And one of the one of his thoughts to say that it should be allowed is because it's to, it, there's no reason to be choshesh. And only something that is the minhag pashut, I'm sorry, only something that there is a reason to be machmir, you could be machmir. But something, and I quote, she minhag pashut bechol Yisrael le'ochlo, Something that it is the minhag, the, 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 the straight forward minhag to be lenient. There is no safek at all and one should not be machmir. And he says because on this it's written that somebody who is machmir on something uh, has, he's, he's, um, he's patur mina davar. And he's still machmir. He's called a hediot. He's called a simpleton. And uh, and and like the Yerushalmi says, isn't it enough what the Torah forbade? So on one hand, you see the the Rama is machmir when there's reason to be machmir for cheese after meat, uh, meat after cheese. I'm sorry, but on the other hand, he agrees to the maharshal. 
that in a case where uh, where where there's no reason at all to be machmir, somebody who is is not doing right. He's called a hediot, and uh, the marshal had a stronger language than that. He said not only that he's that he's not allowed, but it's um, but it's. Uh, He's called a, uh, it's, it's bordering, not only is not allowed, but it's called, it's bordering, it's bordering heresy. So, here we have a clear machloket between, uh, the Ramah and the Maharshal. And, uh, there, 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 there are different reasons and different coins of the argument, uh, uh, to, to each one. But the Ramah added on a very important detail. He brought the Yerushalmi, anybody who is exempt and he does something anyways is called a Hediot. Now, this is debatable whether, whether one could mix that statement of the Yerushalmi. Because, uh, there is a very important teshuva from the Petach Hadivir, one of the great Sephardic Acharonim, the Petach Hadivir, was asked, in Hilchot Kriyat Torah, whether he is allowed to stand during Kriyat Torah where everybody else is sitting. The minhag of the Sfaradim is to sit, but he wants to stand to show extra Kedusha. And the Betach Devir uh, has a long discussion and he is very against standing where uh, everybody else is sitting because that's bordering on Yohara, showing that you are more religious than others. And Yohara... Not only is it not only is it not recommended, but it's purely not allowed, especially if you're in front of people that are greater than you. And the Maharshal discusses this as well. And interesting, the Maharshal is in Masechet Babakama in the end of the seventh chapter, and there he doesn't bring at all that it's heresy if you are Mahmir. because there are times there are two different subjects. The, there is a subject where you're being Mahmir against something that's written in the Torah. And that might border on heresy. And then we saw opinions that say it's allowed, like the Isur Behetep. And then you have another subject, that there is reason to be machmir. But then there's a mitzad gavra because the individual is in a situation that if he's in machmir, it's going to show he's more religious than others. That's another reason, despite the fact that it might be a good thing to be machmir, but if he's around other people, especially his rav, he's not allowed to be machmir. I had this question personally regarding Tefillin de Rabbeinu Tam, because uh, my minhag is that people did not wear Tefillin de Rabbeinu Tam in Morocco because it was considered yohara. It was considered to be uh, to be presumptuous and haughty in front of uh, people who didn't uh, who weren't machmir like this, and you have to be a certain level. And only great chachamim wore Tefillin de Rabbeinu Tam, and in many cities, even the great chachamim did not wear them in public, only in private. Because there was a sense of honor and of not being overly, exceedingly pious in front of other people. And indeed, Rabbi Shalom Esas, the chief rabbi of Yerushalayim, was, uh, who was previous chief rabbi in Morocco, did not wear tefillin the Rabbi Nutan because of this reason. And this is actually written in the Shulchan Aruch, that if somebody uh, is choshesh for Yohara, they shouldn't wear tefillin the Rabbi Nutan. But my question was that since nowadays it became a very accepted thing that even Bali Chuva, fresh off the market after a year, they, they're, they're advised to be wearing Tfil in the Rebbeinu Tam, since there are many great poskim say, encourage greatly to wear Rebbeinu Tam. So nowadays, it could be, uh, it, it's not like it was in Morocco that there was a chashash of Yohara. There is, there is no chashash of Yohara anymore. I actually uh, had the zikhut to ask this question to Maran HaRevel Yashem, Zichet Tzadik Livracha. And he told me that I should be wearing tefillin the Rabbeinu Tam because if that's my if the minhag not to wear tefillin the Rabbeinu Tam was because of Yohara 
and I'm in an area that there's no more Yohara, so I, I should be encouraged to wearing it, which is, uh, I started wearing it ever since then, uh, ever since then, I wasn't, I wasn't concerned Yohara based on what Rav Yashif told me. So that is all something that's dynamic and it depends where a person it is and it requires a lot of common sense. It also requires common sense when somebody is going to be by someone's house. This is written in, uh, in, 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 in different poskim if you're going to be in someone's house. And they're reliable people and edichad eman bi'isurin. But if, and if you don't eat, you're going to hurt their feelings. So here you have to make a, a calculation. Do you hurt per person's feelings? Or do you, are you machvir on something? And, and here we're going to have, um, we're, we're going to have a sfarib that said, uh, that they're going to say it's much better that a person should know to, uh, uh, not, not to be machvir where, where he shouldn't. The, 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 um, uh, the sfarib makadushim say. The sefer stechemed in asifat diminim ma'acheret achila od bet brings that the sefer shvut yakov says it's not good to be machmir outside of somebody's house if he's going to cause dissent and takalot. Whereas the pele yoetz says no, the person has the right to be machmir. So it, it would really depend what we're talking about. If somebody's really choshesh for kashrut. So there's nothing to do about it. He's choshesh for kashrut. But if there's no reason to be choshesh, he wants to be extra machmir, he really has to give it proper thought if that is, if, if that is the right thing and if a person's gonna get insulted because of that. Interestingly, the Bnei Sashar, one of the great Hasidic dynasties, writes in Ma'amar Chodesh Adar, Ma'amar Bet, Drush Zayin, that, uh, that uh, an animal that the Rav said is allowed to eat, where there is a stringency not to eat it, he says, nevertheless, Something that would have been forbidden according to Torah because there could be klipot timeot. There could be shells of tum'ah. But now the Torah forb- uh, uh, permitted it. And if Hashem put it in a person's situation, he should eat it because he's going to rectify that spark that's in there of tum'ah and he's going to rectify it. These are uh, very uh, holy words and definitely another perspective. And, uh, and, and he is teaching us over here that when a person has a chance to, uh, rectify something, he should not be machbir. So that's, that's, we have two approaches so far. Uh, we have one approach, you should be machbir whenever you want, even something that it's against the Torah, just don't do it in makom yohara. That is the isur vehetem, that even bitul bishishin, you're allowed to be machbir, because there is some type of reason. There's no reason whatsoever, you're just acting like a, like a, like an imbecile, obviously. But we're talking about somebody who has a reason why he's doing it, he thinks that there is milk in there, even though it's batel and it's totally allowed. So the isur vehetem says to be machmir, if he wants. Doesn't have to, but if he wants. The, 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 the marashal will call that heresy. And it's brought down in the Pitchet Shuvah, Siman Kuftev Zayna Yoredeh as well. Somebody who's machmir on something that it doesn't have to, it's like heresy. Not only that, you have the opinion of Bnei Sashar that he should eat it, because positively he will be rectifying great things. Then you have the opinion of, uh, then you have a third opinion that I want to present to you, which is the opinion of the Orachayim HaKadosh, brought down in the Sefer Chefetz Hashem, uh, in the Sefer Chefetz Hashem, who is in turn brought down in the Sefer of the Chidap Tachinaim Chudin Davzain, where he writes the following. Uh, the Chefetz Hashem is Masechet Horoyot, I believe, Dav Tedvav or Yud Gimel, and there he asks a question. The Gemara says, 
that somebody brings a korban, somebody uh, brings a sacrifice, if the Chachamim said to do something, and, and he listened. So, even though it's written, don't deviate from left or right, which means that even if they tell you your left is right, then your right is left, you should still listen to them. If you did do that, you still have to bring a korban. Ask the Rachaim Akadosh, why do you have to bring a korban? You listen to what they said, and even if what's left is right, is right is left, you still listen. So why do you have to bring a korban? Rachaim Akadosh says two shocking answers. The first is the following, is that even though somebody uh, got permission from the Chacham to do what's on left, right, and what's on right, left. But if he knows that there might be something up, and for some reason, there's reason to be machmir, shav ve'alta ase adif. You don't have to positively do it. Be passive and don't do anything at all. Says the a person wants to be machmir, they can always be machmir if it's in a passive way. As long as they're being passive and not proactive, they're allowed to be machmir. Proactive, that you're not allowed to go against Chachamim. But passive, yes. And therefore he says that's why he could have been passive and he did it, that's why he would bring a korban. Didn't do an avirah, but that's why he brings a korban. Didn't do avirah b'mezid. The second answer, which is a shocking answer, is that that's what's, ri- that's what's written in the Torah. That's when you don't know what to do and that's what they tell you. And if you're an Amma'aritz and you don't know anything, and that's what they say, you have to do it no matter what. Small, small yamin, you mean small. But if you're somebody who knows Torah and you know things very well, and you know that they said something and you know 100% that it's not accurate, this is a shocking Urachim Kadosh, look it up yourself, says Urachim Kadosh, then you have the obligation on yourself to stay away from it. Because it could be that, uh, who knows? Who knows why it was said that way, but you have no right to partake if you know 100% it's wrong, if you're a Talmud Chacham. Not if you're an Amaritz, of course. So that's a, uh, that, that's a, that's a shocking, uh, statement in the Orachim Akadosh. Once again, uh, look it up. I'm not taking any responsibility if I read it wrong, but that's what he, uh, uh, that, 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 that's what he writes. So, let's, let's just recap. When somebody is in a situation of, uh, of not, not knowing what to eat, what not to eat, he has a few scenarios in front of him. Number one, is that he's allowed to be machmir according to the Isru Vehetir. And the Darki Moshe brings that down. And the Darki Moshe in this tissue says as long as there's a reason why he's being machmir. Number two, if it's something that's explicitly in the Gemara that it's allowed, there are those who are gonna say it's heresy. Which is the Marshal. And then you have your that you are allowed passively to um, to refrain from something, and you have the total right to do that. That is this. So, getting back to our question about the parashat shavua about not eating the hindquarters, there's definitely room to be machmir because you are choshesh that they might not have done it right. So, in this case, even the marshal would agree that here it's not a question that you're being machmir against something that's written in the Torah. You are unsure if they did it right. If you're unsure they did it right, you have a strong reason to refrain. And same thing too in the sugya of whenever you have one piece of non-kosher meat that fell into kosher meat. There are opinions that say you have to throw out uh, the, the, uh, one of the pieces of meat because uh, it's, the Ramah writes in Siman Kuftet that uh, that's the opinion of Rashi. So if you want to be machmir like that, of course you have the right to do so. That's not considered you're being machmir more because it's written in halacha. The only question is when something's not written in all halacha and to be machmir on something, or even if it's written in halacha in front of your rab, that's when you have to have 
more siyata dishmaya to know when to be machmir. I hope I didn't mix people up more than we started. Chazaku Baruch. This audio series has been brought to you by the Sephardic Halakha Center. The center is committed to advancing research and application of halakha in the Sephardic community nationwide. For a halakhic consultation, monetary bedin services, to order this series or to sign up to receive the Sephardic Halakha Journal, or for all other information, please call 1-844-200-TSHC or email info at the shc.org to subscribe.